Welcome once again to Devotional. This is lesson number seven. We're starting a brand new week this uh, with this study for November 10th through the 16th. This is lesson number one for Sabbath, November 10th. And this lesson, it's a heavy one. It's entitled, When Conflict Arise. And it's inevitable. I'm thankful that the Bible uh, doesn't leave us in wishful thinking and, you know, this utopia that the church is just, oh, you know, and everything's happy every day. We're humans. We're still in the process of growing. And the lesson uh, dives into this subject uh, quite well. Um, so I just want to look at some of these things um, it to introduce and to get our, our brains thinking along these lines. Uh, Galatians 3, 27 and 28 is the Bible memory verse that states, For as many of you as were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. It sounds simple, right? Um, this week, the lesson says, we're going to look at how the early church solved inner conflicts that undermine its unity and threaten its survival. Um, this is a very important lesson, and I hope that you will not just listen to these podcasts, but actually go back to the lesson as well and dig deeper. This is a lesson that your contribution uh, will be valid and valuable, not just during class, but uh, in our attitudes to our, towards our church as a whole. Um, this quarterly, I'm thinking, is going, to, is going to be one of those quarterlies that we'll keep around for quite some time to review and rehash some of these things. I'm going to read to you a, a, uh, the opening paragraph in Sabbath Afternoon's lesson. It says, One of the most difficult tasks of any Christian community is to maintain unity when differences of opinion arise on matters pertaining to the identity and mission of the church. These differences can lead to devastating consequences. In light of what's happening in our church uh, right now, I've just recently joined a Facebook um, group for professional pastors, Adventist pastors, and I see the differences of you know making comments about this conference, that conference, uh, and um, the annual council voting that we just had uh, regarding a document called the Unity. <laughs> Uh, document very ironic um, and I, I wrote next to this statement this is a prophetic statement one of the most difficult tasks is to maintain unity when differences of opinion arise on matters pertaining to identity and mission of the church uh, this he, dr. Fortin could have nailed it better and the fact that he wrote this less than three or four years ago five years ago just speaks about God's providence and the Holy Spirit wanting our church to stay together, to stay united. So I, I wrote a question um, on that first sentence where it says one of the most one of the most difficult tasks, and I circled most difficult, and I put right next to it why. Why is this so difficult? Uh, it is the most difficult, according to Dr. Fortin, and I I wrote another word right next to it. Um, I read, I wrote the word fear. Why is this the most difficult task? I, I think this is me and partly is things that I've read, a personal experience, anecdotal experience in ministry. 
Um, why is this the most difficult task to maintain unity when differences of opinion arise pertaining to identity and mission is fear. And I'm going to talk about two kinds of fears because there's you know a lot. Uh, the first fear that I want to talk about is the fear we read in the gospel, um, gospel of Luke specifically, I believe it's chapter 2, we, we read about Herod, King Herod, uh, being approached by the wise men and being told that there is a king that has been born, the king of the Jews, and they've come to worship him. And of course, Herod is the king, and he doesn't, doesn't know anything about this, so fear grips him. And he says that Jerusalem also was gripped with fear, but specifically Herod. Why was Herod afraid? What was he so afraid of a baby? Um, there's that fear based on pride. And I think that's what makes it difficult to talk about these, uh, to address differences of opinions uh, while maintaining unity. The pride can certainly get in the way. And, you know, I'm thinking about Herod. Um, how come I didn't know this? How come, how could I have been so wrong and blind to these things? How could I have been caught blindsided by this? Was no one telling me about this? Is, is there a coup going around? Is, um, do I have no power, no control? I'm the king. How could this have been happening behind my back? Fear can destroy all of that, um, can inhibit, can make it very difficult to maintain unity when differences of opinion arise. And the other fear that I spoke of is a spiritual fear that the Pharisees had. The Pharisees were terrified of apostasy and um, backsliding. They did not want to have a Babylon captivity 2.0 experience. They didn't want God to say, hey, you guys were in, in Babylon and um, for 70 years. Uh, how come you guys are now doing the same things that led you to being taken captive? So the Pharisees were terrified of apostasy, of heresies, compromise, backsliding. And so this led uh, them to behave the way they did towards Christ and his disciples. And so both of these pride, both of these fears, um, the fear of, with the pride, the political pride that King Herod had, and the fear of um, spiritual uh, rebellion, spiritual uh, apostasy, uh, let this fear, there's nothing wrong with wanting to keep a church uh, theologically as pure as possible, as biblically sound as possible. There's nothing wrong with that. But Phariseeism is very different. And there's definite fear that, that um, predicated a lot of the behaviors of the Pharisees. Fear in general, whether you're talking about Herod's fear or the Pharisees' fear, both of those um, decrease and at times can really diminish trust to the point where there is no more trust. And if there is no trust, then everyone is suspect. And it's not behaviors that are made suspect, but what we perceive to be motives behind those behaviors. We begin to judge people not necessarily by what they are doing, but by, by our interpretation of what they are doing. You know, King Herod had his little kingdom, his little secure uh, place where he was boss, he ran that place. And here's someone new, there's someone new that is going to be running this place. Fear of loss of power, fear of loss of control. And then at the other end, you have this fear of spiritual compromise, fear of spiritual apostasy, fear.
what makes this most difficult is that fear can really cause us to react rather than to think things clearly. And you know, we're told in the Bible that perfect love casts out fear. So we're going to talk about this this week. I just want to leave that with you for you to think about fear. Um, are you in any of those camps? Are you afraid? We don't need to be afraid. This lesson will assure us that no matter what the difficulty, what the issues may be, when God's people who are called by their name humble themselves and call upon God, God has always been faithful to fill us with His Spirit. And Romans 5 tells us that His perfect love is poured into our hearts by His Spirit. And if His Spirit is in us, then that perfect love can cast out fear so that what is most difficult, what it is impossible with humanity, can be possible with God. Didn't Jesus say that? The things that are impossible with man are possible with God, even addressing difficult issues within our church. Praise God for that.